Amy, we've got a bunch of little nieces and nephews between us, but we've also got a catch-all gift that all of our siblings love for their newborns. You're totally right, and it's Pampers Swaddlers, because Pampers Swaddlers wick wetness away to keep babies drier and subsequently parents happier. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better versus the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic and they're free of parabens and latex. Now you can try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes won't tear. In fact, they grip mess, shall we say, more firmly and clean better, leaving baby skin dry, soft, and smooth. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers Cash has no cash value. I don't as much like being the mom. What fresh hell. Laughing in the face of motherhood. So why not just go into the mouth of the beast? With Margaret Abels and Amy Wilson. And I believe Selling Sunset is a good documentary. A podcast that solves today's parenting dilemmas. So you don't have to. I don't like pint of cup. Hello, everyone, and welcome to What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. This is Margaret. And this is Amy. And today we're talking about holidays, the great amplifier. This is a very Amy topic, the great <laughs> amplifier. I actually, I must say, hat tip, it, it's from Glennon Doyle. I saw a clip of her podcast, We Can Do Hard Things, and she said that holidays aren't for making us happy, they're for making us feel everything. And I thought, hmm, that's an episode. So here we are. I think that's right. I mean, I think I do find myself to, I do love the holidays. Like I love them, but I think it's good to acknowledge that the holidays are everything because as we often discuss, expectation management is such an important part of life. Right. And when we go into the holidays with the idea that this will be just happy, fun times where everyone is joyful, we can end up in a very bad place of like bitter disappointment and rage. It reminds me of, we talked a couple of weeks ago about does having kids make us happy? And I think kind of where we came down on, like, it's the wrong question to ask. That's not really what to do it. It may, but it's not the reason to do it, even though the world tells us it is. It seems to me like similar here. Like, do the holidays make us happy? Are they supposed to? Yeah, I kind of thought they were actually. This That is the point of the presents and the lights and the tree and the, it's supposed to make us happy. Well, I hadn't thought about it, but I think there's a lot of parallels there because I also think that looking back on the holidays is almost always like a joyful, warm feeling. The thought of the holidays is very joyful, but the experience of the holidays, similarly with children, that the <laughs> you look back at children and you think about children and babies and little ones and you're like, ah, happiness. And, and the actual experience of them is much more complicated than that. It's like the tree is up and you're done, you're looking at it. You know, that's Great, but the getting there. A gentle snowfall out the window pane, yes. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire. Yeah, I have a bunch of boxes in my living room right now, and I'm like, who wants to put the tree up and decorate the tree tonight? And, you know, you get less buy-in every year on it, unfortunately. <laughs> 
Huge shout out to my oldest who insisted that we put the tree up the weekend before Thanksgiving because we were traveling for Thanksgiving this year. And so we had a really quiet Sunday where we did it instead of having the like, now we're back from Thanksgiving and everything's a mess and there are still suitcases from our travels on the floor and we're going to somehow put a tree in the middle of all of that. Mm -hmm. You you still have kids who are young enough that like the holiday driver, you have a great holiday driver in your house and it is your tween, which is, I think, a good thing that used to be my tween. Now she's a teen. He's so into it. Yeah, not that into it. <laughs> I was trying to get, I mean, I also want the tree up and decorated. I don't necessarily want to do it. I just want it to be done, right? And so I, my daughter was saying just today about how maybe she and her friends were going to do something after school. And I was like, why don't you come over? I'll get you some hot cocoa and you can decorate the tree. I'm trying to put it in her path. This, wouldn't that be fun if you and your friends did that? No, she did not. Take that back. That did not sound like the outing she wanted for her and her teen pals. Yeah, but she didn't jump at the chance to decorate the tree with her friends. I was just listening to Leah Remini on her podcast, which is about Scientology, but she was talking about, (laughs) she has a 17-year-old, and she was telling this really funny story about making a like scone and hot chocolate bar for them so that when they came down in the morning, you know, they would have, and she's just basically like desperately holding on because she's so worried about her daughter leaving the house. And then they came down, they were like, yeah, that's nice. We're going to Starbucks though. <laughs> and, like It was just so cute. She was like sitting, eating her scones by herself. And she had like 9 million like crumbled up candy canes to put in the hot chocolate. It's like, you really do become that kind of desperate girlfriend where you're like, I can please you with my hot chocolate bar. And like the person it's like, I'm not interested. Right. Let me tap dance more to create more happiness. And then when they don't want it, right, you made them the hot chocolate bar and they don't want it. That could lead to rage, disappointment and some other things as well. People don't want what you're selling and you've done it for them. Yeah. I think this age is particularly difficult that way. I have a lot of, my kids are very, they're 9, 11 and 13, very much straddling the like, this is dumb slash right. they don't want to let go of it at all. They want a tree. They just don't want to decorate it. I mean, my kids want presents. Oh, and also, if it's done wrong, <laughs> it's the classic, like, biggest fail of your life if everything is not done to holiday specifications. Let's break this down a little bit. Shall we? Yeah. So, there's a psychologist named Dr. Michael Wetter. I thought this was really, I hadn't really thought of it this way before. He says that it's not that the holidays actually exacerbate things like depression or anxiety directly. I mean, I feel like they kind of can, but he argues, no, it's not that they do that. They just create more stress. And when you have more stress in your life, that's what triggers the depression, anxiety, disappointment, grief, other things that can come in that it's actually because of the additional stress of the holidays. Isn't it also though, I mean, I agree, but isn't it also about expectations, what it's supposed to manifest, missing people. Like I definitely feel, I said the other day, like I really like being the kid at the holidays. I don't as much like being the mom. Like, and you know, a lot of people then end up having, this is the first holiday without someone in their life. And it just triggers, it's a lot of memories. It's a lot of like, Oh, you know, my parents, I'm speaking metaphorically, not about my own parents. My parents, you know, were bad parents and the holidays were always depressing. And then even though I now have nice holidays, it makes me feel worse about the holidays we had as kids. I just feel like there are so many tentacles to holidays that it's hard to say like, well, it's stress that makes you depressed. And the first blank without your loved one, right? Yeah. Even if 
I have a loved one in our family who died sort of around Christmas time. So that's particularly potent, obviously, but it could be somebody who, you know, died in March and still the first Christmas has this sort of special freighted thing that I think you, to go back to my favorite topic, it's like the meta emotional state of like, you feel that way. Then you feel bad that you feel that way, that you're not like, you know, making the popcorn balls with the same vigor as you used to because Nana isn't there. You see what I'm saying? That that like it becomes 36 things. I definitely do. And I also think I'm reading this book right now and this woman captures so well, it's just a mystery story, but it's basically her husband's disappeared and she's sitting in a hotel room just watching the people out the window, like they are just her whole life has fallen apart. And they're just like doing Tuesday, you know, just walking around and doing their thing. Mm. And the holidays has a lot of that, too, that like everywhere you turn, like someone's getting a new car with a bow on it on TV. And, you know, everyone's jolly and holly jolly, merry, merry. And I think when you don't feel that way, for whatever the reason, it ends up making you feel 10 times worse than like a regular day when you're just sort of like looking at that pane of glass and saying everyone is like skating and drinking cocoa and like hugging each other <laughs> in their fur muffs. And I'm just like the Grinch sitting here with my like tiny heart that has not grown three sizes bigger. You're on to something. There was Harvard Medical School did some research on expectations around holidays mm. and it plays into this. So they interview people before and after a holiday. And they asked them before how they expected to feel. And then then after the holiday, they said, how did you actually feel? And the people who said that they expected it to be fantastic and they expected that they would feel great afterwards were like, yeah, it was fine. Maybe it wasn't as great as they had anticipated. But the people who were ahead of time were like, this is going to stink. I'm going to hate it. It's not going to be any fun at all. Afterwards said it was better than they thought. That makes sense. Expectation management. It's my favorite topic. Yeah. So, like, just try not to think you're going to have too much fun this year. It's a little bit hard to take, have a takeaway out of that that isn't sort of... Well, no, I do think there's a takeaway, which is also, I mean, it's a little cloying, but like being present in whatever it is, is sort of the holiday. So, mm. you know, and we all have this, like everyone has sat at the holiday table. And it's like, oh, this is so beautiful. But if only, you know, Nana was still here or if only or but next year we won't all be together. And like there is this kind of weird need for the holidays to be so perfect and to feel like, oh, no, this thing. It's like your wedding day kind of like, oh, but this what the flowers turned out the wrong color. It's like you got to keep your eye. Somebody told me this about getting married that try to find moments during the day that are special to you and that if you're looking for those moments, you're not going to see that like, oh, my dumb uncle is making loud jokes in the corner in a way that is bothering me on my special day. <laughs> I don't have a dumb uncle. I'm not I'm speaking generally. Didn't happen. But I think that that is important too to say like, we're going to find the magic in the holiday versus the magic is going to be delivered to us on a silver platter of holidayness. Oh my gosh. Okay. All right. I think that's the way, the only way to survive this thing. It reminds me a little bit of, we had Rachel Nielsen from the 3 and 30 podcast on a couple of weeks ago, and she has the Flex of Gold journal, which I'm going to start doing in 2022. It's like sort of a, a gratitude journal with one sentence for each day. And you go looking for that stuff. It's the same, oh my gosh, it's the reticular activating system. If you look for the holiday magic, you're going to find 
a sprinkly of stardust in the air. I don't know. You're doing it. You're doing it. I'm feeling your metaphor. (laughs) I'm doing it right now. Yeah. Feeling it. I'm feeling the holiday spirit. Because the holidays are fun and have fun embedded in them. But it's rarely the thing that you think is going to be fun that is the most fun about the holiday. Ah, okay. I like that. Yes. I think that's true. I think that you, the like, we had a famous year where my mom dropped a pie. And so we all ended up having pie in a cup. Like she ended up scooping the top of the pie that maybe didn't have glass in it and putting it in cups. And we still constantly say pie in a cup to each other. That was probably 35 years ago. You know, like the magic is in the smaller moments, not in the like everything is perfect. But there's a lot in our world that tells us everything is perfect is the goal. And if you had set up like when the kids come downstairs on Christmas morning, I'm going to have a pie in a cup bar where we're going to have six kinds of pie and four kinds of cups. And no, then they'd be like, ew, what is this? What wouldn't be good. Yeah. I don't like pie in a cup. And I'm also going to go hard on a slightly radical point. The gifts are the worst part and like should not have these expectations attached to them. Oh my gosh. Yes. The gifts are always disappointing. They're, it, the gifts are the, you know, bad drug of the holidays. You're chasing a high. It's always like, it's never quite delivering. It delivers a weird, fake, hard shot of joy that quickly dissipates and leaves everyone feeling jangly. That's my experience of the gifts. I am not quite that down on gifts, but they, uh, yeah, it's charged. It's a lot. I've been putting off even starting my preparation this year because I'm telling myself like this year I am doing less. That's it. Less, less, less. And so I haven't done anything, but it's hanging over me, the cloud of like, better start thinking about it. Better start Buying some sweaters nobody really wants. So, yeah. We've already given up on... We keep trying that, but it's just it never quite works out. You're just not worried about that anymore? You're just not going to hold yourself to that? Well, and also, I don't know, our holidays have become like... They used to be kind of big family gatherings, and now we do it just the five of us. And then usually people come over in the afternoon and then I get this weird feeling of like, it's not enough. It's not enough. It's just the five of us. And I can make that up by having 40 gifts for every person to open. I don't know. I get caught in the trap. It wasn't even that much of a trap. I mean, last year, right, it really was a pandemic Christmas. And so it was just the five of us. We didn't see extended family. And I did get like the old Navy matching pajamas. And I did get like the hot cocoa with the peppermint sticks. And I have big kids. And we just, I just leaned in on that stuff. And I feel like they did too. Like, I feel like they met me halfway that a little bit of that grinchy teenager thing went out the window because it was like, this is all we got. We got each other. Like, let's make Christmas bright because this is a hard time. And I feel like maybe it was a little easier last year. This year, it's like, oh, yeah, again? Yeah, because we were all like pandemic in and this was all it was going to be. And it was the first pandemic Christmas and this is the second one. Yeah, although it's kind of not, right? Like a lot, we're also just kind of doing stuff again. I don't know. It's all random, you know? Right. Or maybe in two weeks. Yeah. Who knows what this Omicron thing is going to be? It's like, uh oh, could be terrible anyway. Yeah, I guess that's true. Like you don't really know. But I do want to clarify that like I do gifts, I'm into gifts, but I find that if gifts is the focus and the center of the day, it's a mistake for our family. Uh Uh-huh. Because yes, I think the general jolliness of like getting the fire going and having hot chocolate and like playing a funny game of Christmas themed charades, that those things tend to make the day merrier than like 
40 people ripping wrapping paper off. And that to me is just not a satisfying hit. That's all I can say. And then somebody having a boo-boo face that they didn't want that kind of doll. <laughs> they didn't get the right thing. And it's always really hard. I mean, I remember when I was a kid, like that last gift is so painful, like it's over. And yes, it still is like, oh, God, I don't want to open this. Oh, the anticipation. And I think that the way to get beyond that is to try to keep the focus a little bit more on like everything that's fun. That's not gifts. Love that. Okay, let's take a break. When we come back, I have a shocking, shocking bit of uh, research to impart to you. All right. Margaret, I've got a go-to baby shower gift that I give whenever there's another newborn in my life. Can you guess what it is? Amy, three guesses, first two don't count. It's Pampers Swaddlers. Exactly. Pampers Swaddlers keep baby skin dry, happy, and healthy. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better than the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist-approved by the Skin Health Alliance, hypoallergenic, and free of parabens and latex. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes are five times stronger, gripping mess more firmly, shall we say? and making diaper changes a breeze. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician-recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Then redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers cash has no cash value. Margaret, I've been at the research again, looking into metabolic health and more importantly, metabolic flexibility, which turns out is the key to improved energy levels, better sleep, better fitness, all the things. And I found out about all this because we got a chance to try Lumen, the first handheld device that helps you manage your metabolic health. Lumen works when you breathe into it. If you do that first thing in the morning or after a workout, Lumen measures your metabolism by measuring the amount of carbon dioxide in your breath. It's science, people. That lets you see exactly what's going on in your body in real time. Then you use Lumen's app to get tailored guidance to improve your sleep, your nutrition, even stress management. If you're interested in figuring out the effects of different sorts of foods on your body, Lumen is a really cool way to see what's actually happening as your body burns different fuel sources. If you want to take the next step in improving your health, go to lumen.me and use Fresh to get $100 off your Lumen. That is L-U-M-E-N dot M-E, lumen.me, and use the code Fresh at checkout for $100 off. Thank you, Lumen, for sponsoring this episode. So I've got a shocker for you, Margaret. I already know what it is, and I already know <laughs> I'm not going to be shocked by it, but go ahead. <laughs> the holidays are more stressful for women. Than for men. That's not shocking. Yes. And this research that I will go take you through, women report much more stress around the holidays than men do. Yeah. I mean, not surprising. And we just had a thread on our Facebook group, Jill saying, why am I in charge of Christmas presents from everyone to every member of my family? I'm losing my mind. It's hard enough to figure out gifts for my kiddos, but every grandparent, aunt, et cetera, also wants more ideas we're spending a lot of time sending people links to the perfect present for you're basically functionally doing all the shopping for everybody because right and everybody that your spouse has to buy for and everybody that your kids have to buy for yeah i think that uh i don't know what to do with this whether it's time to just say get whatever you want for them but the providing of 900 emails full of specific links to exactly what the kids want not the best just yesterday, I gave away. The problem is you give away the one 
thing. Like I got an idea for one of my kids and I sent it to my mom. He'd like this. And I'm like, damn it. One one idea and it's gone. And I get it that people want to get things and they want to make it nice and they want to get things that aren't junk. And sometimes if we don't provide the links, then we end up with the 600 tiny piece set that drives us crazy and they don't want to do that. It's all well-intentioned. It just ends up to be a ton of emotional labor. Yeah, exactly. The invisible work. Well, all right. So Greenberg, Quinlan, Rosner, they did a random digit telephone survey. This is in 2006. This was 15 years ago. So maybe times have changed a little bit. Let's see. First of all, could we just take a moment to acknowledge that 2006 was 15 years ago? Yeah. Wow. I know. In the olden days when we (laughs) rode a bicycle built for two, they interviewed people and found that 41% of men agreed strongly that the holidays were a time that they could really relax. (laughs) (laughs) Funny. And 27% of women said the same thing. Who are those 27% I'd like to know that can really relax during the holidays? We should have them as a guest on the show. Interview them. Yeah. And so, I mean, you know this, but I'll tell you why. Holiday stress is a particular impact on women, they say in their research, because women take charge of the holiday celebrations, particularly the tasks related to preparing meals and decorating the home. It is women who shoulder the majority of the family burden for shopping and holiday celebrations, and they feel particular stress from the time crunch required to get everything done. Hashtag agree. (laughs) But I will say this can be self-fulfilling, and it is something that I have personally pushed back on with some success, that I pace myself. There are certain things I do and certain things I don't do. I do not like shopping. And so I just had a conversation with my husband last night and we broke down the Christmas list, which we have as a Google document, and certain things went in blue and certain things went in yellow and blue presents are husband, you can shop for these things or these people will not be receiving gifts. And that is how we're playing this. You know, I do think you can say, and similarly, last night, Seven o'clock at night, I realized I don't have a picture for the Christmas card. And I threw some Christmas tops on the kids and threw them in front of the tree for five minutes, took 40 pictures, got a cute one, put the card together. That's done. You know, I like to do a Christmas card and then I like to do a calendar of photos for the year. And it's labor intensive. Gosh, that's, yeah. But it's a loving gift for sure. And it's a nice gift that keeps on giving. It's like, here's your gift. And I like to have it in my house. We always have it in the middle of the fridge. It makes me cheery every time I look at it. I love it. And that's worth it to me. But the shopping, I just put my head down one Saturday and I spend four hours and I get something for everybody on the internet. And that's what I do. I do not shop for Christmas. I don't make myself crazy. That's where I'm like, oh, here I go. Because my kids are old enough now. I have three teenagers. And so I want them like, figure it out. Get your sister something, right? Get the like, or we have a drawing of cousins. We have a big family. So these, my kids have a lot of cousins. And they're each responsible for one cousin. And my sister's kids did the drawing because my sister's kids are 10 years younger than mine. And so really excited about doing all that. Anyway, they sent out the names to everybody, but they... Quite correctly, my sister sent my big kids directly the names of who they have for Christmas. I still feel like I got to get my mm. head around that, that I got, I have to know who my high schooler has so that when he hasn't thought about it on December 21st, 
there's, there's not a kid in, you know, in Boston who ends up with nothing. You see what I'm saying? And I, I should let go, but I can't let go. It's a tremendous amount of pressure. And, mm-hmm. you know, and then it's the schools and the teachers. And are you getting something for everybody? And God bless the PTA and whoever organized teachers' gifts, because I can usually cross some of those out. But it is nice to have something for the crossing guard who keeps your kids safe 300 days out of the year. Like, it is nice to give them a little something. It's just... I basically now approach it as a work project that has to be finished. And I just put my head down. I've taken the idea of like joyful Christmas shopping out. Hmm. And I watch Selling Sunset while I wrap my gifts. Like I find my own joy in it. I do love wrapping. Yeah. If you have a good documentary or something on that. Yeah. And I believe Selling Sunset is a good documentary. So that counts. And let me tell you, this is, I think, a lesson that I've learned in my old age. Don't expect joy in things that don't bring you joy. Like, that's just crucial. Like, I have stopped expecting and I'm leaning in a little bit on experiences. Just booked Amy and I have to say, almost took it out when I realized how expensive it is. We're going to go ice skating in Rockefeller Center on Christmas Eve because we had no plans that day. And my kids were asking about going ice skating and they were like, so why not just go into the mouth of the beast? <laughs> Rockefeller Center on Christmas Eve. It's going to be bonks. But <laughs> my kids were saying, oh, we want to see the tree and we want to go ice skate. I said, that's a present right there. Those tickets are so expensive. And let's do things. Last year, we had put the hot tub in right before Christmas. And it's like, this is the present. My problem is where I fall down is that I can't stick to it. I can't be like, this $300 ice skating outing is the present. Because then I'm like, but here's also a Lego set in a sweater because I know you want to open stuff. I need to commit to this idea more of experiences as gifts. And then, but I don't know how to make the penny drop for my kids of like, that was the gift. (laughs) Right. Now where's my present? That's the problem. I don't know. I mean, do we let them be disappointed? Do we let it not be perfect? Is that the answer? I'm not sure. I think it is. I think to some degree it is. And I think what I'm leaning towards and solving for myself is big experience gift. They will remember for years, probably because it's going to be a nightmare or maybe because it'll be fun, going to New York City, skating at Rockefeller Center. I think Santa is like on the rink. It'll be super fun. And then we'll go get like a nice lunch and stroll around the city and then come home and it's almost Christmas. They'll remember that. And then under the tree, I'm trying to do like... Star Wars t-shirts mm. like under the tree gifts are much less elaborate. The real money spent is on experiences. And then the gifts under the tree are like little clip on earrings and just really simple things. The new boots that you kind of need to walk to school. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not quite. I just had to buy my son who just keeps growing four new sets of pants. And I was so tempted to wrap them and put them under the tree. But I was like, eh, that's a little much. Literally, yeah. I just got my daughter a pair of of boots that she, you know, liked and they're expensive. And I'm like, okay, this is your big Christmas present because I'm a mom. So I'm going to say that if it's like after Labor Day, this is your part of your Christmas present. Yes, of course. But it was stupid to let her miss, you know, six weeks of wearing them. So she's been wearing them. So that's, you're right. Now I have to stick to it. Like, remember when I said your boots were the big present? Go get them and wrap them and put them back under the tree the night before. Right. It's like, go look at them. (laughs) Yeah. Go enjoy them and think of all the enjoyment. But it is, it gets tricky at these ages. But I, to me, that's where I'm trying to move to is money spent on experiences. And then the tree gifts are kind of a little bit more like, you know, funny. And my daughter has a little 
she made the attic into a little clubhouse for her friends. And I got a cute little sign that says, you know, clubhouse for the attic door, like fun little things for Christmas presents and then really spend money not on whatever the $350 Lego set that won't ever really be valued and more on the like, let's do something that's a big memory for the family. I think even those can get stressful, right? Because like we've done some like this year for the kids, we got them an experience for all the grandchildren. But when you have grandchildren who are two and 12 or two and 17. Not everyone's having the same experience. And nor do they need to. But then when it's not wonderful, is, you know, is that disappointing in its own way? It's interesting to me looking at this research from 2006 that women feel more stress around the holidays, which I think we can say safely continues even to this day. Yeah, I'm fine with it. (laughs) It's interesting to me that dealing with the spreadsheet of the gifts and making sure there's stuff on the Amazon wish list for grandma or whatever isn't on here. It wasn't the thing that women, 15 years ago, women were talking about decorating and, you know, getting the gifts for their own family and having the holiday celebration. That's wonderful. And I feel like it has kind of ramped up over once you can have online registries for your kids legos then it becomes you have to get them the thing that they want not just a thing you know what i'm saying like i do that your christmas list has to be a specificity instead of like those old christmas carols about like sally wants a doll and you know billy wants a ball that bounces really high right now it's like sally wants this exact link to this exact thing on amazon (laughs) right the lego friends high school set with chemistry and by the way the supply chain is breaking down so get it right now yeah no not a lot of christmas carols about that amy no i want to say one other thing I am also planting my flag this year. I just had a talk with my husband last night. My husband and I, for years, and we haven't done it too specifically, we try not to exchange gifts around the holidays because for me, it's just like, I'd rather take you off the list than uh, shop for each other. It's just enough already, Uh you know? And then it always tends to be a little bit like, every once in a while, I mean, my husband's gotten amazing at buying gifts, but it's gotten a little bit like womp womp, you know? And last night, as I was wrapping presents and thinking about the day, I said to my husband, I changed my mind. Get me some things just so that I have something under the tree for me because it's just going to be the five of us. And I really don't want to sit there and like make the dinner and have the presents that I've wrapped. I know I'm going to have a bad feeling at the end of the day if it's like womp womp. These gifts were only for other people. (laughs) And so I said, just get me some cute cozies, some socks. You know, I like a little blankie, whatever. Just put some stuff under the tree for me. And he was like, I'm on it. I'll do it. But that it's okay and important at the holidays to say, what is making me happy and what is not making me happy and what can be fixed. And some of this stuff cannot be fixed, but I think you should keep an eye on what you can fix. It's important. Love it. Let's do it, people. All right, we'll be right back. Amy, you know me well enough to know that my daily power breakfast is toast with peanut butter on top. Toast with peanut butter. It's also, by the way, one of my favorite power breakfasts. So we agree on that thing. We were recently together and we shared some toast with peanut butter. And I'm going to tell you, we used hero bread. It adds even more protein and fiber to that combo without adding any more sugar. Hero Bread has remade the carby, empty calorie bread products into versions that include no net carbs, zero gram sugar, and fewer calories, plus more protein and fiber, while 
still being super fluffy and delicious. I was not sure that that particular combination was going to be possible, but Hero Bread has figured it out. Yeah, this is one I'm glad they let us try. It's like, it really tastes good. I've been trying to add more protein to my diet, and I would have thought that a hamburger rolls was not the place to do that, Amy. <laughs> but all of Hero Bread's products, from rolls to tortillas to croissants, we please, offer protein and fiber, zero to one grams of net carbs, and zero grams of sugar. Start your Hero Bread bundle on their website and get 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use the code MOTHERHOOD at checkout. I like this bread, people. It's H-E-R-O dot C-O and code MOTHERHOOD for 10% off your order of Hero Bread. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone, and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. And now, things you are forgetting to do this holiday season. From the What Fresh Hell podcast. Getting a present for your husband's goddaughter. No, not that goddaughter, the other one. Oh, and also the other one, he has three. Yeah, you forgot two of them. You also forgot the one thing you went to the store for. How did you manage to spend $300 anyway? No idea. Okay, good news. You finally found the perfect gift for your disgruntled teen. Bad news, you forgot to calculate the extra shipping time due to the supply chain issues. Yeah, that thing is not coming on time. You hid the presents and you forgot where they are. The last thing you remember is thinking, this is a really good hiding spot. The kids are never going to find them. You are definitely forgetting that you promised yourself last year that this year you were going to limit the presents. Yeah, you did not limit the presents. Did you get the hot chocolate for the party? What about the nog? Oh man, you forgot the nog, didn't you? This has been Things You Are Forgetting to Do This Holiday Season. From the What Fresh Hell Podcast. So I thought we could talk about some things that might work when you're not feeling the holiday spirit, when you are out of <laughs> tune with your companions. For a friend, Amy, is that who we're doing this for? <laughs> right, right. This is an obvious one, but Dr. Ann Epstein, she's a psychiatrist, and she says, if for you the holidays are associated with a loss that is still fresh a family estrangement or a death or a divorce, don't feel obligated to celebrate exuberantly. I love this. 
my church has something. I wish I could remember what it's called. It might be called a blue mass. I don't know. But it's a church service for people who are struggling at the holidays. Wow. And it's quiet and there's not a lot of music and it's very contemplative and it's not like joy to the world. <laughs> it's like it's quiet and I've never been to it, but I thought that's a very lovely offering. I think it's lovely to make space for yourself and other people for whom the holidays do not feel extremely joyful. Right. And maybe this year more than other years, or it's got to be, I haven't had this experience ever, I will say, of the holidays being like a time where I feel completely out of step and just not in the mood for the holiday spirit and the red sweaters. I haven't had that experience, but I imagine it must be very, very lonely to think everybody is having this experience on the other side of the window, like you were saying, everybody's ice skating in cocoa and you can't get there and you feel bad that you can't get there. It's important to remember, I think, that like half the people in the Courier and Ives photo, you know, <laughs> ice skating having cocoa aren't really feeling it either. <laughs> They're miserable. They're cursing humanity as they skate around in their muffs. I agree. I think this is your pain is in the gap. And I think that bringing quietness, I think it's time to shout out our favorite lovely Catherine May, who was a guest on our podcast. We'll link to that episode. Such a good episode. Let's rerun that episode at the new year, the interview with the author of Wintering, because it's incredible. And it's just a lovely book about wintering and how wintering can be a beautiful time and a time of quiet and a time of refreshing and a time of mourning and sadness and darkness. And that I mean, not to get too pagan on everyone, but I mean, all of this light and festivals and lightness is about a very historical idea of trying to like curse the darkness. This happens on the darkest day of the year, right? The 21st is the darkest day of the year. Mm -hmm. 25th is Christmas. That historically, we have always had this instinct to light the darkness and to chase away the creeping dread of dark with jolliness and light and that it's okay to kind of wrap yourself up and say uh -huh. that's not what I'm doing this year I'm gonna winter instead I'm gonna find my Hughie I'm gonna cuddle down and I'm gonna not insist that the only cure for darkness is like festooning stuff that's really interesting because you're right. Like we are like, let's agree as a society to do something completely non-instinctual and celebrate and stay up late and light everything up because it's the darkest time, but we're going to pretend it isn't. Let's all pretend that it's actually festive and wonderful and lit up <laughs> when it's dark and cold and lonely. And that is the absolute metaphor for many people's families' holidays, right? That there's a lot going on and there are difficult things going on. And instead, we're like supposed to all sit and eat turkey and send out a Christmas card that says like, another amazing year where everyone made the travel team and the honor roll and mm. look at my beautiful, adorable kids who never fight. And, you know, there is a certain air of phoniness to the merriness of the holidays. And I think it's Fine. I love the holidays. I get my Mary on like nobody else, but I am aware or I try to be aware of not making it the kind of phony version of like, I'm happy no matter what. It's okay to feel all the things. Pooja Lakshman, we've had her as a guest on our show and she's on Instagram at women's mental health doc. 
And she put up these post-holiday emotional detox ideas up on Instagram, which I thought were <laughs> terrific because she makes the point that like, you eat too much at the holidays. You also take in some other things, maybe too much at the holidays. You're with your family of origin and it's challenging. You're with your spouse's family of origin and that's challenging because maybe your partner behaves completely differently around their family of origin. Like there's a lot going on, right? It's charged. And she suggests that you can put sort of ritual around sort of processing that stuff, detoxing from the extra emotion around the holidays. Oh, I like that idea. I love it. So her first suggestion is that you journal and or rage write. <laughs> Just hide. Hide those journals, guys. No one wants to see those. Write it and then burn it. I thought that was a pretty good idea. Conversations with your tribe was another one of her ideas. And I thought that really stood out to me because your tribe is your family of what do they call it? Your family of choice versus your family of origin and sipping rose with my chosen family. I've been listening to a lot of Taylor Swift. Amy. Oh, is that a Taylor Swift? Um, is she detoxing with her? <laughs> no, it's just she just uses the phrase. She's <laughs> sipping rose with her chosen family. Yeah. And I think that's what Pooja Lakshman means when she says tribe. Like you realize how your chosen family is easier in some ways than your family of origin or might be. And so like reconnecting with them like, oh, I'm not crazy. I'm actually <laughs> not a weird freak that doesn't like Monopoly, you know, <laughs> whatever it is. Right. And I think in general that, again, the expectation, the commercial version is that the door opens and it's grandma and grandpa and Uncle Sal and yay, hooray, we're all finally together. And it's amazing. And a lot of tearjerk commercials now about how we're all together finally after the pandemic and hooray. And the thing is, you will have great times with those people, probably. You do love those people, mm -hmm. but not only. And your kids may come running down the stairs on Christmas morning morning full, you know, with sugar plums dancing in their heads to see their toys. But one of them may also be like, mom, this is dumb. You got me the wrong thing. Like the holidays contain multitudes, you know, and you have to be able to exist in all of those spaces without it becoming the wedding day thing of like, I spent $50,000 and it was my one chance to do this in my entire life. And the orchids came out the wrong color. And so the whole thing is ruined. It's the most everything time of the year, isn't it? <laughs> there you go. I love that. Pooja Blackshman also suggests salt baths. I guess like Epsom salts. Oh, yeah. I love a salt bath. Or a hot tub. You know, I love, I'm not allowed to put salt in the hot tub because <laughs> my husband would get very mad. We call my husband a breaking dad because he's in charge of the chemistry of the hot tub and he's extremely what's the word, mental about it. And so we are not allowed to mess with the chemistry of the hot tub. That is breaking dad's job. I'm curious, do you like the hot tub? Are you all as into the hot tub as much as you were a year ago? Amy, we're 10 times more into the hot tub than we ever were. See that? Interesting. The greatest thing we've ever purchased. I have between the hot tub and then my husband... I had a TV that was in our bedroom, like on my desk, and I would have to move it to record because it's where I record. And he put it on this extending arm and it floats out and it sits at the bottom of my bed. Like it's an extendy arm. Like the Jetsons I'm picturing. Like, yeah, it comes off the wall, but it like gets right to the end of our bed. Wow. And it's not even, it's like a Costco TV. It's not even a fancy TV, but it is a flat screen. And 
when I take a hot tub and then sit and watch my TV on the extending arm that's at my feet when I lie in bed, I'm just like, am I Mrs. Jeff Bezos or what? <laughs> like, what more could a person need in this world than a hot tub and a TV that goes away when you're not watching it and then comes to it when you want to see succession? Wow. I don't know what else I could ever need, Amy. If anybody's looking for some Christmas ideas, I mean, a hot tub is a little bit of a, you know, special item. It's a stretch, but the articulating arm for your television... I don't know. It really is. Like just every time I watch that TV, I just give my husband a kiss. I'm like, you are the most amazing man. How could you invent something this brilliant? He didn't invent it for the record. He just bought it off of Amazon. <laughs> Pooja Lakshman also suggests long walks. They are my sanity saver for sure. I just did a long walk. I was with my spouse's whole extended family for Thanksgiving and I did a long walk at one point and called my parents and just, you know, did a reset and checked in with my whole family. How was your day? And then I was able to sort of re-enter the fray and just with like renewed energy and, you know, renewed sort of centeredness. And I think it's not always easy to say like, I'm going to go take a walk. Like I've had enough, you know, sitting around, I'm going to go, I'll be right back. But I was really glad I did. Yeah. And I think that processing emotions around the holidays. Again, there's just so much of like everyone else is having a great time and I'm not. It, once you have a 10-minute conversation, you'll realize that like everybody finds joy and pain in the holidays and discussing that and these things are difficult for me and this isn't going the way I thought. You know, one thing I do like about the holidays is that it's Christmas, which is what we celebrate is on a Saturday this year. The next Saturday is New Year's. And then I do find that like I front load it all and then it's kind of like final exams in college. Like once Christmas Day is over, we do nothing for seven days, you know? Cheese and... It's just like everyone lies still. <laughs> and holiday Hallmark movies. And I do find that part of it, that's the one part where I can see like, oh, holidays are relaxing. Like the minute Christmas is over, play with your stuff and we're done here. Our work here is done. That's funny. We're actually traveling between Christmas and New Year's this year. And I was sort of, I found myself, you know, yearning for last year when there was nowhere to go and nobody to see. And we just, it just was pajamas and puzzles. Oh, pajamas and puzzles. That's the part I like. Again, I have big kids. So, I mean, a week with your kids at home and nowhere to go and nothing to do. Man, that sounds so relaxing and wonderful if you have a three-year-old and a one-year-old. So I say that advisedly. That's true. You got to keep them busy. Mine were sleeping until like 1230. You know? <laughs> it's pretty relaxing. Yeah. I had many fewer hours with them inside with nothing to do than you might. Good, good point. Well, here's the thing. Friends, holidays, as we've said, it's the most everything time of the year. Feel your feels. Yep. It's okay. Feel them all. Take a walk. Do make a list of all the things you do and see if anything can come off. Okay. There are probably things you can get rid of, especially, and put your own joy on the list. That's my big takeaway. Yeah. That's something that I'm really working on this year. It's like, you know what? I do want some presents. Husband, go buy me six pairs of comfy socks and wrap them and put them under the tree because I want some things to open as well. And, you know, the meal I may dial down on a little bit, like just find your own joy, make your own happiness. Yeah, I'm going to sort of detach from making it perfect for everybody else because what if they're disappointed that I didn't make the French toast casserole on Christmas morning because I forgot to get the nutmeg or whatever. Just, oh yeah, oh, we didn't do that. Like that's very hard for me to not yes. then take on the shame, the disappointment. <laughs> the shame. Someone rings the shame bell first thing on Christmas morning. It always puts a damper on the thing. 
Exactly. Friends, we wish you a happy holiday. And if you want to do something for us this holiday season, we would love for you to rate and review our podcast, please. That's the Christmas gift you can give to us. It keeps on giving. Yeah, it's the gift that keeps on giving. It helps new people discover the show. Rate us. Rate Toddler Purgatory. Let everyone know that they should be listening as well. And that will make us so very merry, friends. That would be amazing. I hope you're celebrating whatever you're celebrating. Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, and everything. I hope it's a celebration for you, too. Great. And with that, we will talk to you next week, friends. So long. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play. And we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips. Oh, hey, everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory, two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And this is our new podcast, Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. What happens when your creative spark just seems to disappear? Gone. Poof. Bye. See ya. What happens when life gets in the way of your creativity instead of nourishing it? That's what happened to Molly and me. We felt like the thing that drove us creatively stopped working and impending doom had in fact impended. Totally. So we decided to do something about it. And that was steal ideas about getting unstuck from the most creative people we can find. We talked to guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. And we're not just talking Bob Ross type paint on paper artists here, though we talk to them too. We're talking to actors, creative directors, dancers, and people who are working hard to be their best creative selves in a world that can sometimes feel real uncreative. We all have something to teach each other, so let's steal their ideas together. Join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Pandemics, school calendars, world events, lack of sleep, oh, get out of their life gunk. And let's get back to your best creative self. Subscribe to Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. You're not going to want to miss an episode. Unsticking It with Blair and Molly, because sometimes life sucks. Unsticking